you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric B. Addison's. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Eremy Addison's here on American Family Radio. This is Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison. Happy to be here with you. Man, we had some time off, and I say time off. We were still working, but we were out in North Carolina at a uh, summer camp hosted by Dr. Alex McFarlane, uh, Truth for a New Generation. And so it was, it was just a, a great camp. It was, it was titled Unashamed. Uh, there, were, there were children from all over, and I believe the age range was like 11 to 17, if I'm not mistaken. But our children had a chance to uh, take a part in, in that uh, camp as well. I think it was very good for them. They learned a lot. You know, uh, it was just an awesome time. And uh, just being out there and talking about the things that were talked about um, was just really eye-opening, and I, I believe that there were a lot of things that happened, speaking from a spiritual standpoint, that was like a marked time, that that was a time where I believe there was a lot of children that, that would look back and say, man, you know, this was an experience that I, I, uh, I needed, and it, it impacted my life, and it impacted my life. You know, um, one, one of the topics that came up, of course, as we are uh, just inundated by this stuff is uh, sexuality. And man, you know, our children are being bombarded by so many different uh, uh, thoughts and agendas coming from all angles. And so we have to make sure that we are presenting them with the word of God. One thing uh, Miki uh, constantly said, and she, she does this on the show as well. It doesn't matter what she thinks is what she says. But what does the Bible say about these issues? Because, you know, there are so many thoughts and so many, you know, opinions and, um, you know, mindsets about what's going on, what's sin and what's not sin and what, you know. But what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? And it's just amazing. You know, God really used her uh, when there were different questions and, you know, uh, a lot of the children had questions. They want to know, like, you know, what about this? What about that? And he, she would automatically say, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the Bible says. And so there are answers to the questions of today. They are found in the Bible. If you have questions about sexuality, if there's confusion there. The Bible is clear concerning that. If you have questions about justice and, you know, how things are working, man, the Bible is clear about that. Sometimes we want to read into what the word of God is saying or put our own thoughts and feelings on that. But, man, the Bible is clear. And so we're really thankful for the chance to be able to go out there uh, and, and be a part of that summer camp. I think something like that should happen all across this country. 
man, there's such a great need. And and the thing is, uh, the bulk of the children that were there uh, are Christians. They were from Christian families, but they have questions concerning these issues. And, you know, I like to issue a challenge to pastors, to churches to talk about these issues. You know, they have questions that can be answered from the scripture. Let's not shy away and be afraid to talk about hard things because they are getting answers somewhere. They are getting what they, you know, what people want them to hear concerning certain issues. We have an opportunity with our own children in our own homes, but also, you know, in our churches to give the Bible truth about this stuff that's going on that we see in our world today. And so we have to be bold. The enemy is bold, does not hold back, starts at the youngest age possible to try to grab up our children. Look, we talk about it all the time. We give you story after story. And man, it's, it's just amazing the, 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 the apathy that can be found within the people of God. Now, I know some of it may be because you may feel like, man, I don't really know how to answer these questions. Well, man, our heads should be in the book. We should we should be in a position in a posture of prayer. Holy Spirit, help me. As I disciple my children, as I, you know, teach the word in church or Sunday school or whatever it is, whatever the, the influence that you have, whether you're a grandparent, you know, whatever. We have to have all hands on deck. It's, it's, it's the bottom of the night. You know, it's the fourth quarter and the time is running out. And the thing is, we have to have an urgency, an urgency about these things, because a lot of a lot of, of our children are being lost to this world. If the world presents. Their ideas. In so many different ways, social media, right? All the devices, school. I mean, they have so many entry points to really try to indoctrinate our children. How much more should we as parents, as Bible-believing parents, take everything that we have and pour it into our children and make sure that they have the Word of God? Look, what they do with it, that's on them because they have, you know, a choice to make. Our faith does not just translate to them like, you know, it's just going to, my faith is your faith because I'm your dad and you're, no, they have to believe for themselves. But we have to make it to, to where it's available, where they are faced with this stuff and these questions are being answered at home, being answered at church. Because when they go off, especially if they go off to college, there will be answers. And even now in their schools, if they are in school, um, in public school or wherever, private, they will have answers to these questions. And a lot of these answers will not jive with what the word of God says. That's not what I want to talk about today, but just really just being impressed as, uh, as we have attended that camp, just seeing the need, seeing the great need. And all and knowing all that our children are being faced with, like I did not face all of this growing up. I didn't. Some of the conversations that are being had, we weren't talking about that. We these things were, 
we we were we were not talking about this stuff. You know, it's a different day. And as parents, you got to understand, it's not like when you grew up. You know, don't feel like you're doing the most. You have to do the most. <laughs> it requires that you do the most. If you feel like you're being extra, hey, be extra. For godly things, let's be extra. You know, let's do it. Today, I want to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare, but in a sense of what is really real, right? What is really real? I've said this before. From the word of God, we can see that as Christians, we have weapons. We have weapons. We have heavy artillery. Now, the lack is in that we don't use our weapons, but the weapons are there. And God has provided for us everything that we need to fight this, 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 this war. What would it be like for us to look out at this world and see all the demonic influences and the things that the enemy is doing, but the people of God was left without any type of uh, a weapon to fight with. You know, there are some that believe that spiritual gifts are not for today, that it has ceased, that those things have ceased. But I don't find that in Scripture. And as a matter of fact, I believe God has given those things to his church, his people, because we need those things. We should be operating in those things. But we have weapons. We have the word. We have prayer. We have fasting. We have worship. We have praise. Supplication. Various tongues. Thanksgiving. Faith. We have the Holy Spirit. We have God. And for us not to pick up our weapons. It's a shame. It's a shame. So as Christians, we have heavy duty artillery on our side. And we are in a spiritual battle, a spiritual war. But God has given us everything that we need to fight and to overcome. See, we have to remind ourselves and we have to remind each other that we're in a war. Because sometimes because we don't see certain things happening, we don't we kind of forget. That we are literally in a war. And we are prone to, at times to feel powerless as darts are being thrown at us all day. The flesh, our minds, the devil is always on the attack. Taking no time off, no days off, always on the attack in some form. His mode of operation is to steal, kill and destroy. To steal, kill and destroy. But the Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Now, the apostles in the New Testament, they compa uh, compare us to uh, sojourners, pilgrims, aliens, even soldiers. And this idea of being a soldier constantly in a war uh, position, but protected at all times and always advancing. We see this in Ephesians chapter 6. 
We see this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 6, the Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. This scripture is, is straight up. It's, Paul is telling us that we have weapons and that the weapons that we fight with are not of this world. They're not carnal. But they're mighty through God to destroy fortresses. They're mighty through God to pull down strongholds. We have artillery, heavy artillery. Again, first we have the Holy Spirit, who is God indwelling us. Think about this. I often say this. We have God indwelling us, the Holy Spirit. Do we realize this? We have the word. And if we use the word, resist the devil, and he will flee. What did Jesus use when he was tempted? He used the word of God. We have prayer. Again, man ought to always pray and not lose heart. Remember the apostles? They prayed after being persecuted, and they were granted boldness. So we should be a praying people. That's a weapon. When we're feeling out of sorts, when we're feeling confused, man, we go to God in prayer. We ask him to help us, to strengthen us. Fasting, we don't like to talk about that. When we fast, we put in our flesh under submission. We're saying, you're not in control. A lot of the problems happen right there. That our flesh is in control. But fasting helps to cause the flesh to submit to the will of God. We have worship. Worship is a weapon. As we praise God and we worship God, man, things are happening. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and I'll be back right after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. 
And that's Always You by We Are Messengers. So today we're talking about spiritual warfare. And I was just going through just a list of weapons that are available to us as Christians that a lot of times we don't use. I mean, sometimes you have a, we have a hard time even picking up the word of God and reading the Bible and studying the word which is a valuable weapon for us as believers. We have to have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? We have to have uh, to be a people of prayer. Um, that, there's no way that we can live in this world and all the things that surround us and, and may come at us without uh, uh, practicing these spiritual disciplines because we are in a war. But when you don't realize you're in a war, you have a hard time you know, with this type of stuff. And we all need to be reminded. We all need to be reminded of it because it's so easy for us to uh, forget because we live in this natural sense. We live like, you know, seeing things in the natural, not understanding that all the while things are happening, spiritually speaking, that we can't see. And because we can't see it, we think, you know, we kind of take for granted, almost think it's not there or nothing's really happening, but it is. So we're talking about fasting. It's a spiritual discipline that we need to employ. There's a lot that happens during uh, a fast. You know, our church has been on a fast this month. Praise God for it. Because I, I will tell you personally, for me, it has revealed a lot of things in my heart personally. Like God has had an opportunity to show show me some things that I believe that I would not have seen had we not uh, undergone a fast. You know, like there's spiritual implications for these things. These things are vital for the believer. Now, I know we live in a culture. We like to feed our flesh. We love to eat. We don't really think about missing meals. (laughs) You understand? Like we that's not on our radar much. But man, fasting is a powerful tool, a powerful weapon that God has given us. It humbles us. It humbles us. It brings us under the submission to God. And like I said before, it tells our flesh, you don't rule. You're not running things here. These are things we need to employ. Praise, worship, supplication, thanksgiving, faith. All of these things we have available. We are in a war each and every day, each and every day. And it's imperative that we know the weapons that are available, available to us, the strategy in which we are to fight, right? There are battle plans. And how do we get those battle plans? Well, we have a relationship with the Holy spirit and he shows us exactly what we need to do. We have the word of God. It lays out how we are to war and fight. See, everything that we need, we have. We have it. But if we are not a people given to discipline, if we are not a people that, that's given uh, to employing these spiritual disciplines, we, f- we will fail. We will fail. You know, Paul talked about, you know, um, how in sports, in games, that those, those, those ones who are participating in the games, they train. You know, they train for it. And they train to win. As Christians, we have to train as we walk this, 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 this life. You know, we have to be disciplined. We have to be ones who are steadfast, 
who are doing the things that really matter, who are not uh, being caught up in civilian affairs and not being, you know, found to be uh, just all over the place. We have to be those ones who show forth discipline and godliness. And look, we can't do it if we're loose with our living, if, we, if we're loose, right, with how, we, with how we're living. We can't do it. And so this is, this is a, a call that, man, we have to understand that we have weapons and understand how to use them. Uh, the, the scripture I want to allude to was uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 24 said, do you not know that those who run in a race, they all run, but only one receives the prize. Then it says, run in such a way that you may win. And everyone who competes in the games, that exercises, exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath. Man, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. And I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So he, he, he used that comparison that of the athlete and they're doing it for a perishable wreath, for a ring, for a trophy. But we imperishable. Right. And Paul said he run in such a way. He's not running like without aim. And he says he's boxing in, in such a way. He's not beating the air. Right. But he disciplined his body and make it his slave. That's where our flesh should be. But a lot of times the flesh wins out. We do what it says. We do what our bodies say. Whatever the body say, that's where we go. That's not how we are to be governed as Christians. So our churches are cold. A lot of our churches are cold. The prayer meeting in a lot of um, instances have become extinct. <laughs> the church is more given to gimmick than it is to godliness. The church value charisma over character. We have become comfortable being ones that have a form of godliness but denying his power. We are all right with worshiping with our lips, but our heart being far from him. Why is it that we can fill up gyms and stadiums, arenas and chapels for concerts? Man, we can have those things packed out. You know, conferences, everything else. Yet we find it as like pulling teeth to pack out our local churches for a solemn assembly, for a prayer meeting. That says something about us. We might not like it, but there's an issue there. You know, I would say social gatherings are easy and they're fun, you know, and generally the things that are done there, our, our flesh likes it. But a prayer meeting, that's tough. Spiritual warfare, that's tough. And we don't like to talk about that kind of stuff. But one thing that we have to do, first we have to realize that there is a spiritual realm. Everything that you see before you is not all there is. Will, you're getting spooky, man. You're talking about, no, this is reality. Everything that you see is not all that there is. 
How do we even believe in God? It's through faith. Have you seen God? No, you haven't. But you know that he's there. You know that he's real. You know that he is spirit. And we as believers have to understand that all that we see is not all that there is. And we don't necessarily like to think of the spiritual realm. It often makes us uncomfortable. Like when you talk, when you start talking about spiritual gifts and the spiritual realm and, you know, how there are demonic forces and principalities, man, people don't really like to talk about that. But those things are reality. You know, and also we've been desensitized by media and movies and its portrayal of the supernatural. So a lot of it has kind of stripped us of, you know, the reality that this stuff is real because we see it on television. Oh, that stuff, that's like the movies. No, this stuff is real. The Bible clearly shows that there is a reality uh, more real than what we see every day. As a matter of fact, this realm informs the natural realm we live in. So a lot of things that we see happening and manifesting in the natural is as a result of spiritual things that are happening and going on. We got to understand this. We got to understand this. Nehemiah chapter nine, verse six, it says, you alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their hosts. So we see right there that there's a heaven of heavens. There are spiritual beings with all their hosts, right? The earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them and the heavenly host bows down before you, the heavenly host. So there's more than just me and you, you know, the people that we see on earth, like there's a heavenly host. Right. Luke chapter two. Verse 13 through 15. It says, and suddenly there appeared with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. We think that's just a Christmas, you know, passage. But a lot is revealed there. It talks about the angels, the heavenly hosts. There are a lot of things that are happening. And if you read the Bible, you see that there are, there's disruption in the heavenlies. There are things that are going on. That the, that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. Like that, there are things that are happening. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, very uh, familiar scripture. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, right? But against what? Rulers? Against the powers? Against the world forces of this darkness? Against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places? Wow. That lays it out. That there's a clear enemy. There, there are, are clear, like, um, ranks and hierarchies that there are principalities and powers. Look, we know, we, and we discussed this in, in our church we, we were in a prayer meeting, and we were asking for prayer because we were getting ready to go to a certain uh, uh, state. And it came out in a prayer meeting that we know that this state, uh, this area was filled with, with uh, witchcraft and witch, witches and stuff like that. 
there are certain places that you can go that you would actually feel the spiritual battle as you enter that place. That's not being spooky. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to be very transparent. I'm from New Orleans. I've seen some things. I know that there is wickedness. I know that there's witchcraft. I know those things exist. But there was a time uh, when we would travel and go to New Orleans. That once we entered into that area, it never fell that Miki and I would, would have an argument or a tense moment or something would happen. And we begin to recognize, like, man, every time it seems like we're coming down here and then when we get to a certain spot, something happens. That's not, we were not making that up. It didn't fail. So what? We pray, man. Going into this area, we know that we're going somewhere. We ask the Lord to protect. We ask him to, like, watch over us. You know, we ask him to keep us. When we go on different trips and things like that for ministry, we know that the enemy don't like it. We know that there's going to be warfare. So we pray. Do we uh, 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 um, win every time? Well, yes, we win. But sometimes we do better than others. Sometimes we, we may give in, you know, to the flesh and not realize, man, we're in a war right now. Let's, and it's, it's happened many times that, you know, things will begin to jump off in the spiritual realm. And one of us will have to say, okay, stop. Let's look at what's happening here. This is the enemy. Let's pray. I'm telling you, this is a real deal. And if you walk around like nothing is going on, like, man, everything you see and all this is going on right here is all there is, you're going to be defeated a lot. We have to be wise. And we're not in a position of paranoia. We're just being discerning and we understand how this stuff works. It's spiritual. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers, or authorities. What's all that? All these things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Mm. So we have to understand that there is a spiritual realm. And there are many more scriptures. And some of you probably are thinking of scriptures now, different things in the Bible where it shows that man. There are things that's hap- happening in, in the spiritual realm that influence what happens here in the natural. But we have to understand that this is real. So when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the spiritual war itself. The spiritual war itself. And how, as we look at headlines and we look at what's going on in the world and what's happening, how our view of that should be clothed in what the word of God says about these things. This is Aaron Addison's here, American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and I'll be back right after this.
believe somebody's pulling strings. Don't start me. They want me to get the vaccine. They can't mark me. They got mad when I told them that sage is witchcraft, removing bad spirits with smoke like that. Get rid of that. It's crazy. I don't play them games with Satan. Nah, forcing things to happen ain't natural. That's just playing God. God. They trying to run me out the booth, persecuting me for telling the truth they never knew. Ah. Somebody needs to go and give God an apology, because we ignore his prophecies and just worship astrology. I don't care if you Aquarius or Sagittarius. God did not create it. He probably think it's hilarious. And all the this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. That right there is Kyron the Light with Witchcraft, part two. Um, so we're talking about spiritual war. We're talking about the spiritual war that, that, that we are as believers uh, each and every day in a war. And sometimes we realize it. Sometimes we don't. A lot of times we don't. But I'm here to remind you as a brother in Christ that we are in a war. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that, that God would open up our eyes, all of us, my eyes, more and more to see, you know, how to navigate the things that, that come about. You know, I, I just put this out there, you know, even in doing ministry, you know, I ask that if you are an intercessor, if you are a person of prayer, that you would pray for us, pray for, I would say us, the Addisons, pray for the American Family Association. Like these things are needed. Like pray that God will, um, that his will will be done and that uh, all the attacks and different things from the evil one will be thwarted in the name of Jesus. Like, we take this seriously, you know. I know uh, Miki and I, we, we take this ser- we, seriously. We know that uh, these things that we talk about, uh, especially as we're talking about, you know, things pertaining to the family and, and, uh, and God's standard and the word of God, it's not liked. It's not liked. And I'm not necessarily talking about not liked by people, but I believe that there's something working behind these people, <laughs> That is of a spiritual nature. So we are in a war. We are in a real unseen war every day. And the complication is that uh, this war for the believer, that it's invisible. That's the complication because we, we don't really see what's going on. And look, I'll say this. Praise God that we don't see everything that's going on. That, that would trip us out, you know. But let us not be fooled into thinking that nothing is happening. Only what we see is really what's going on. Only that person that offended me or, or did this or, or did this, whatever it is that is about that person. No, there's a lot more that's going on. But we tend to forget that a real war is, is going on, is happening, is raging. We also tend to focus on people rather than the spiritual influences that are manipulating the actions of people. We do this a lot. We would just look at the person and say, well, you know, this, that, and the other about the person. But there's a lot of things that's happening. Even, even when uh, Peter, you know, was saying things that were contrary to Christ's mission. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> there was something that was behind what Peter was saying at that moment that had to be called out. Get thee behind me, Satan. And so that there's a lesson in that, that there are things that, that are being done through people that the enemy has orchestrated. And that the Lord would give us discernment and understanding to know how to deal with those things. 
The Bible is clear. Again, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. He has schemes. He has tricks. He has things that he tried to throw uh, at us. Again, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. And again, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We have to remember this. Though we walk in the flesh, uh, we do not war according to the flesh. We have to remember that our weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. We have to remember this. As we're navigating this culture, as we're discipling our children, man, we have to understand that there's a spiritual component behind all of these things, even the agendas that are out there. You know, Miki was talking about the other day how, uh, you know, they're trying to even push transgenderism or whatever on Muslims. And for how for a long time, you know, Muslims were not being messed with by this stuff. They were, you know, like scared to be. But man, that's a spiritual thing. And that spirit is like the same type of spirit that you see in Sodom and Gomorrah. All that stuff is prevalent today. It's a bullying type spirit. It's something that's like we will have our way. Those things still exist today. That's a spiritual thing that's going on. Remember the Apostle Paul, uh, Acts chapter 16. Verse uh, 16 through 21, uh, it says it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. So there's a there's something that's going on there. There's a possession. She's uh, uh, doing, you know, divination. There are people that that do this type of stuff today mediums and and all that stuff and we have glamorized that stuff we have tv shows you know glamorizing people being mediums and 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 acting in you know practicing divination but they were following after paul and us she kept crying out saying these men are bond servants of the most high god who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation she continued doing this for many days so she was saying something that was true, but the spirit that was behind this was not right. But, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to who? Said to the spirit. Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. So he realized what she was doing. This was a spirit. This was a spiritual thing that was going on. And that's what was addressed. You know, we've given a lot of names today to things that were spirits or possession or whatever you want. To call. In the Bible times, you know, they were seen as more than just a medical condition. This was a spiritual thing. It was a spiritual thing. But we've given a lot of, of, of cute names and 
you know, palatable names for things today so that we can deal with them and we can understand and not wanting to call these things spiritual things. Now, am I saying there's a demon behind every bush? No, I'm not saying that. But man, we got to understand that it's not just, you know, a coincidence or a happenstance or these, these things happen. You know, there are some spiritual things going on that have to be addressed. And we, the people of God, are the ones called to do it. So Paul said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of it came out at that very moment. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews and are proclaiming customs, which is not lawful for us to accept to or to observe being Romans. So basically their, their money got messed up because this demon was cast out this girl and they were mad. And they tried to say, well, he's saying things that, that, that are against what we believe. Now their money got touched. And therefore, because of that, <laughs> they were mad. You know, even talking about this, this, this issue of abortion and praise God for what's going on in our country today. But there's some demons that are mad, you know, that, and there are people who are mad because their, their industry, their money has been touched, you know? Uh, and it's amazing when you begin to touch people's money that have these, you know, powers over certain groups and stuff like that, man, the demons begin to speak out. Things begin to happen in the spiritual realm. So these, these, these guys were upset that they couldn't make a fortune off this girl. And so they wanted to have Paul and Silas jailed and beaten and whatever. But the thing is, Paul recognized the spirit that was speaking what this girl, what this girl was saying. And he called it out and he cast out that demon. He understood that it wasn't this girl. It was a spiritual thing that was going on. It's a trick of the devil to get believers to remedy spiritual problems through natural means. That's a trick. For us to remedy spiritual problems through natural means. Let's take some of the evil things we see happening today. You know, I, I have been looking at some of the news in, and I just thought about this in New Orleans I was looking at some of the news and there's been shootings going on on the highway. People are being killed while driving on the highway. Man, that's something that's evil and demonic about that. You know, murder in itself, like this whole industry of, of abortion, murder of babies, that's demonic. That's spiritual things that are involved in that. Murder in all of its forms. Sexual deviancy. Man, we have big issues. with. We talk about this all the time. There's a spirit that's behind that. Look, you have places like New York, you know, and, and California and different. They have principalities and powers, not just those places all over. But, man, there are strong pres uh, a strong presence in a lot of these places, in these cities. You know, man, it's not just natural means and things that, man, this stuff has spiritual components to it. And we have to understand that. 
When we talk about injustice, that's not just a natural feature of, you know, man. Like, those things have spiritual components. Corruption, whether in politics, uh, corruption in churches, that's something that's going on there. And it's, it's more than just this person did me wrong or this person is, is bad news. Like, there's something beyond the surface. Abuse, depression. Depression is prevalent. There's a spiritual component to that. That's not just, oh, I, feel, I just feel so sad and down today. That's something that's going on. There's reasons for this stuff. Oppression. These are spiritual things, but they have real spiritual remedies if we would employ them. We have to remind each other. We have to remind each other that we are in a spiritual war each and every day. And I know today I'm kind of saying the same thing over and over again, but I want you to get it. I, I want us to be shaken that it's not all about just what we see, that there's more that's going on. But we don't have to fear at all. We don't have to be afraid because we have the Holy Spirit who indwells us as believers. But we have to understand the realm that we're, we're living in, that it's more than just what meets the eye, <laughs> you know? There's more. So we have to remind each other, and that's what I'm doing today, that we are in a spiritual war every day. And while we may have different roles, just like in the military, there's different roles, we are all under attack as Christians by the same enemy. Common, we have a common enemy, and it's not people. We have a common enemy. It's the evil one. It's the devil. I um, wrote something down from a friend, from our friend Jerry in uh, Tennessee. And he said this about war. And I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. Um, he sent this to us in a text. He said, I think there are many Christians, Christian parents, then he says, and Christians in general, who simply can't see that we are at war. And if they thought they were at war, they would probably act much differently. See, imagine being a parent in the Ukraine. Hmm. They aren't sitting around acting like everything is okay. They hear and even feel bombs dropping and see dead bodies in the streets. They are likely doing all they can do to get their children to safety. And imagine parents being told their child has cancer. They would be reading everything they could, they could get their hands on, meeting with cancer experts, etc. Nothing would stop them from doing all they could for their kids. So why do so many Christians act so differently with the eternal war? When I read that, I was like, man, great points. There should be more of a recognition and an urgency about what we're dealing with. And he's right. If we lived in an actual natural war zone, we would be conducting ourselves differently on a daily basis. Well, look at it. We are living in a natural, in a spiritual war zone each and every day. So we have to conduct ourselves in a way, you know, that will 
be our overcoming of the evil one. And that's through spiritual disciplines and using the weapons that we have. Thank you for being with me. We'll be back tomorrow. But until then, God bless.